We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. Good morning. Welcome home, everyone. I'm so glad you guys are here. I see all the beautiful mothers. I just want to say... Happy Mother's Day to you, whether you birthed a child or whether you just poured into a child's life and sowed seeds of love and joy in somebody's life. I want to say Happy Mother's Day to you. As my husband said, I'm Christine Muenya. I'm a servant here at Relevant Church. And before we begin, I'm going to start off um, asking you to turn your Bibles. And the house crew, if you don't have a Bible, just raise your hand. The house crew will get it, t- get one to you. Um, I want you to turn your Bible to... First King chapter 2, and what I want you to do is just, um, just put a bookmark in there. We're going to come back to that, all right? Now, my, our mission is to make sure that we let you guys know that Jesus is relevant. He's relevant on your jobs. He's relevant in your life. He's relevant at your schools. So that's one thing that we as a church want to make sure that you guys know is Jesus is relevant. I want to say thank you to my husband. Thank you so much, sweetheart, for allowing me to be here. Thank you for being, allowing me to share my heart and my stories. But thank you for allowing me to share God's word with everyone today because that's what I'm going to do. Now, last year, my husband um, did a series, and it was called... Get your ship together. And it it dealt with a lot of different ships in our lives. We have our our stewardship, our worship, our fellowship, our relationship. All those things encompass our life in some way, shape, or form. And um, I believe that was last year God put it on my heart. And he gave me a title. He didn't give me a message, but he gave me a title. And that was... My ships don't stink. My ship don't stink. And everybody deals with different ships in their life. We all have relationships, right? We have our mothers. Our beautiful mothers have children. We have spouses. We have friends. We have uh, coworkers. So all of us deal with relationship in one, one way, shape, or form. Then we have fellowship. We're not on this journey alone. This life, we have to to come into fellowship with people, right? Then we have our stewardship. How do we take care of our our time? Or how do we steward our money and and our talents and the gifts God has given us? And lastly, we have our worship. How do we all worship? I'm not going to assume that everyone here is a Christian, but we all worship and praise or, or hold up something. And whether that be Jesus Christ or whether that be our kids, or our spouse, or our careers, or our favorite sports team. We all worship something. So um, my ship don't sink. I'm going to be authentic with you. Because we have a saying here at church, it's authenticity authenticity is the only requirement, right? And there's no perfect people allowed, me. And so, but there's times that I walk around like my ship don't stink. There's times that I walk around like everything is gravy and fine and that I got it all together and I don't sin and I'm perfect and and my ship don't stink. Well, last, uh, 
it wasn't last year, it was around March, that I started to, God gave me this, the, the title of this message, but he didn't quite give me the whole message. And it was around March that I started to think about a fishing boat. And I started to think of the, the smell that a fishing boat may carry. Now, I've never been on a fishing boat before, but I could only imagine what it would probably smell like. Fish, fish guts, stink, you know. But I, I'll tell you where I have been. Last year, I took a trip to California, and I was at Newport Beach, and it was beautiful. Like, the water was just glistening. The sky was like a perfect blue like the screen. And um, the sand was like you took a gold bar and you were shaving it because the, the sand glistened. It, it was golden. And so as we were walking on the pier, the closer we got to the end of the pier, you would see that people had buckets and they had their rods and their fishing nets, little fishing nets, of course. Um, and there, as, the, I, as I started getting closer to the, the end of the pier, I started to smell it. The smell of dead fish, the smell of fish guts. Um, the pier was made so that they, there was a plank sticking out so that people were literally catching their fish and gutting them right there. And it stunk. Now, uh, that, was, that was the closest I got to like fishing and the smell of fish. And growing up as a young child, I always remembered the stories in the Bible. And a lot of the stories in the Bibles had to deal with being on a fishing boat or a fisherman. And they would get ready for their next outing. That's my assumption. They would get ready for their next outing, and their boat is fairly clean because they probably cleaned it off to get ready for their next journey. And they would get on a clean boat, and it'll be nice, and, and they would set sail, and they would be ready to look for fish. And they would get that net, and they would look down and see if there's schools of fish going by, and they'd throw their net in and pull up the fish, and the fish ended up on the boat with them. So as I was doing my research, I realized that these men, when they went on their fishing trips, it wasn't just a day event. These were months at a time. And I could only imagine the stench of what it would be like to be on a boat with dead fish, fresh fish, salted fish, fish guts. Ugh. Just the smell of fresh fish for months at a time. But guess what? These fishermen became accustomed to the smell, so much to the point they didn't notice it anymore. They became nose blind. I don't know if anybody remembers the Febreze commercials where somebody became nose blind. Take a look at the screen. Paul's gotten used to the smell of his famous fish flambe. He no longer smells it. Yep, he's gone nose blind. He staged an intervention to help his wife break the news. This is what it's like when you're cooking fish. Wow. What is going on? I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah? Febreze Air Effects works instantly to eliminate cooking odors you've gone nose blind to. It smells so much better. One of the many ways Febreze helps you and your guests breathe happy. Did you notice what he said in that? He said, I didn't know it was that bad. He was nose blind. His wife was like, yeah, it's kind of bad when you're frying fish in the house. It stinks. And you may ask me, like, what do you mean by that? Like, why are, you, why are you saying that? Sin stinks, guys. Sin stinks. As a mom, um, my husband already said I have three beautiful boys. Um, one is uh, 12. I have a 7-year-old. And the last one is 2 years old. And he's still being potty trained right now. I'm struggling 
for him to be potty trained. And so I change a lot of poopy diapers. And mothers, we know how we do the fancy burrito wrap with the, the diaper and just throw it away. And I work from home a lot. So there's times I wake up in the morning and I get my day started. I have devotion or I don't have devotion, authenticity, right? And I get on the computer and I start working and I get him breakfast and, and I change his diapers and I throw the diapers away and I'm looking at the dishes and I'll get back to you because I got so much work to do. And I'm there and I'm typing and I might pause because it's time to feed him again, give him a nap and I'm looking at the mess and I'm like, I'll get back to it. And I get back to work and it's not until the evening time when my husband comes home and he says, hey babe. I'm like, yeah, I'm upstairs. What's that smell? And I'm like, what smell are you talking about? The house stinks. But my ship don't stink. Point number one, it's easier to miss the smell when you're sitting in the ship. So take, for instance, a road trip. I went on a road trip um, not too long ago, and we probably had snacks in the car like Cheetos and Doritos. And um, for those of you who know me, I love tuna. um, So I probably had a tuna sandwich or two. And It's not until you get out of the car, pump your gas, or stop at the gas station to use the restroom. When you get back in the car, do you realize, oh my goodness, I've been sitting in this smell this whole time. So my home, I was nose blind to it. The car, I was nose blind to it. And sometimes our ships, we are nose blind to the things that come into our ship. Now we're going to talk about the life of Solomon. Now Solomon in the Bible was a king. And go ahead and open your Bible um, to the part that we marked. First King chapter 2 verses 2. And this story is David was king and David is getting old and he's about to die. And so he's passing his reign on to his son, which is Solomon. And this passage we're going to read is, is David talking to his son, saying, I am about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses that you may prosper in all that you do. Now, King, um, King Solomon's early life Uh, it is shown that his ships were pretty clean. They were good. They were right before the Lord. It even shows in his early life uh, around 1 King chapter 3, it it tells us that God asked him in a dream and said, um, and I'll read it for you. It says, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what you shall and I will give it to you. So God is asking Solomon, yo, anything you want, I will give it to you. As king, I will grant you anything that you want because your father David was faithful to me and he's passed down the reins. So anything you want, I will grant it to you. And we see that Solomon, Solomon says back, he says, Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. 
For who is able to govern this, your great people? Solomon asked for wisdom. Of all the things he could have asked for money, he could have asked for gold, he could have asked for riches, he could have asked that all his enemies be killed or shot down, but he asked for wisdom. Like, God, give me the wisdom so that I know how to govern your people right. And God granted that. And to the point that Solomon even wrote the the book in the Bible, Proverbs, which is a great book that has how to live your life and and counsels of how to follow Jesus. He also wrote the book of Songs of Solomon, which is a, a book in the Bible that shows us the beautiful way that God intended marriage to be. Now, Solomon knew what was right, even if he didn't follow it. Over time and time again, his ships began to stink. Solomon started turning away from the same wisdom and knowledge that God had given him. Now, in Deuteronomy, we find out that there was three rules that all kings should follow, that they shouldn't acquire um, many horses or multiplying of wives and no accumulating of silver and gold. And this was just because God wanted them not to rely on their military or their, their money status. He wanted them to fully rely on him as God and as his savior and as his strength. And as we continue to read the Bible, we realize that Solomon failed on all these rules. He disobeyed every single last one of them. And it wasn't just a change that happened overnight. This was something that took place gradually. So he started to become nose blind to the sins that started taking on his different ships. Because my ship don't stink. Now, as it says in 1 Kings verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 4, it says, As Solomon grew older, his wives, so that's number one sin, he ended up taking on several wives and concubines, his wives turned his heart to other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David, his father. So to please his wives, Solomon even went as far as to sacrifice to their gods when he, know, he knew who was the true God. God didn't force Solomon to obey him. He gave him his will, he gave him wisdom, and ex- expected the king to obey Now, mothers, remember we had those babies when those babies were first newborns and they were so perfect and precious in our arms. Any little thing they did was cute. The little dribbles were cute. The little throw up, oh, a little throw up, and they wiped it off, and it was so cute. But as the child gets older, do we realize that those little things that they did were not cute anymore, right? And we started to get upset because of their disobedience. And we started to raise our voice and yell at them, stop it, listen, behave, leave me alone. Can anybody rescue me? I need a babysitter. I need somebody, I need a break. I... And then we get to the point where we're so frustrated. Well, maybe this is just me, authenticity, right? We get to the point where we're so frustrated that we need time away from them. Or maybe you don't have children. Maybe some of you guys have pets. Remember those puppies or those kittens? And they were so cute and innocent and furry and fluffy and nice. And as they got older, you realized that um, your shoes went missing and your house was torn up. And we start regretting even getting them. Or maybe it's not that pet. Maybe it's your job. That first day on the job, you got a, it's a brand new slate. The tables are, 
your desk is clean, you got your, your computer there, you could put up your pictures. The coworkers were so nice, the boss was amazing. And as time went on and on, you realize that those coworkers were not so nice like you thought they were. And the boss was getting a little mean. And the work was beginning to the pile to the point that you start complaining, and it may have ended up on Facebook, um, but you start complaining and lamenting about having this job. Isn't it funny that sometimes the very thing we pray for is the very thing that we end up cursing? Or the very thing that God gives us as a blessing is the very thing we turn around and say, God, I don't want this anymore. Solomon's ship began to stink. Our lives sometimes begins to stink with the sins that we continually do or the bad habits we continually have. Point number two, it's not enough to start well. We need to learn to finish well. Now, moms, we started off wanting to be a great mom. We promised ourselves things that we will read with our child and we will take the time and play with our child. And um, we wanted to be that Proverbs 31 woman that the Bible tells us about. We started off well and we made the promises. And then as time goes on, I, I didn't have enough time. And the promises go unmet. And my intentions were good, but the follow through was horrible. Now, it's not God's will for us to sin, but he gives us the choice. And he gives us wisdom as well to know what is right and what is wrong. It's not enough to start well, but we must finish well by seeking God's grace. Because we cannot do it alone. We all have sins and we all get frustrated. And we need to seek God's grace through that process. Take a look at the screen one more time. The only thing worse than having your home smell like fish is having it smell like fish and flowers. Unlike other air fresheners, Febreze Air Effects doesn't just mix with odors in the air. It eliminates them, leaving the air clean and fresh. Febreze, it's that fresh. Visit aireffects.com for money-saving coupons. Did you notice that what he, he said at the end? It doesn't just eliminate, I mean, cover it, it eliminates it. Don't you know that we have a Savior that didn't come down to this world to cover up our sins and mix with our sins and mess? He came to eliminate it, right? Point number three, on this side of heaven, we will never be stinkless, but we will stink less, Right? In the Bible, Psalms 51 verse 5 says we are born into sin. We didn't choose it. We were born into sin. When we were born, we were already born into a ship that stunk. The Bible says we were born in it. We are not sinners because we sin, guys. But we sin because we were born sinners. Right? And we need a savior to help us through that process. Now, being nose blind, some of you may ask, well, if I'm nose blind to the sins around me, how am I supposed to know about them if I don't smell it? There's three ways that you can find out about your stink or your sins. Number one, ask someone. 
Put yourself around people who will tell you about yourself. We are not meant to to discover our sins on our own all the time. Sometimes somebody has to tell us about ourselves. A lot of times, and I'm not talking about people that are nose blind with you. Because I remember in college, there was days I was in my sin or in my mess or in my habit, my bad habits, and I would call that girlfriend up and tell her or share with her only for her to say, continue doing you. Enjoy life. You only have one to live. So they would encourage me in my mess. I'm talking about people that are willing to call you out on your sin, but do it in love. People that are like regroups, people that are willing to come together with you and get their hands dirty in your ships and say, let's clean this up together. I am praying for you. I'm crying for you. Let's get your ship better. Point number two, measure yourself against scripture. The Bible is like a mirror, guys. The more we read it, the more we can, can figure out things and realize things that are wrong that we do and things that are right and the way to follow Jesus and the way we shouldn't be following Jesus. The Bible is a mirror. Now, if we take a look at the screen, um, we see a picture, and it's a little cartoon picture. And we have one guy here, and the guy in the red shirt is seeing God's commands, Right? And he says, I hate being confined by this fence. I'm jumping over it. And then we see the guy in the green who's probably somebody who loves him and cares about him and wants his ship to be clean. He says, wait, it's not a fence. It's a guardrail. The Bible is not a fence to prevent you from having fun. It's a guardrail to keep you safe and enjoy life in the safety of God's arms. Number three, measure yourself against Jesus. Do we all remember that fad, those t-shirts, those hats, those wristbands, WWJD? What is that? What would Jesus do? Ask him. Don't be afraid to say, Lord, what I'm doing, I'm trying to be more like you, Lord. Just reveal my sins to me. Reveal if I'm doing something wrong in your sight. Don't be afraid to ask him. Get with people that are willing to tell you about your ships. Now, remember that story I gave at the beginning about me literally being home and nose blind. And my husband had to tell me that my house stunk, right? Now, it was hurtful to hear that I was at home. I had all day. I could have cleaned up the house, and he had to come home to a messy, stinky house. But because it was received by somebody that loved me and cared about me, that didn't make it not hurt as much. But the fact is he didn't point fingers to condemn me. He pointed fingers to say, hey, the house stinks. Let me help you. He was willing to get his hands dirty, literally, to take out the trash, to help me with my sins, to help me with my my mess, to say, get your ships in order, because your ships stink. But because it came from somebody that was loving and kind and didn't want to condemn, it was easier to hear, and I took it, and I followed through with it. Now, the sweet... 
The stench of our sins can drown out the sweet smell of the Holy Spirit and the blessing God has for our lives. A lot of times we, we hold people at bay because we don't want them to get close enough to us to realize that maybe our relationships are messed up or our worship or our fellowship or our stewardship is messed up. So we keep people at bay and we don't want them close to us to tell us about ourselves, especially the ones we love. We keep those secrets. But sometimes we need to let those people in and let them know the struggles that we're dealing with, whether it's our relationships, our stewardships, our fellowships, our worship. Let them in. Because we, we have a God that doesn't want to to mix with our mess, but he wants to eliminate it. And he came from heaven, which was a clean and healthy space. He came from heaven into this earth, on this world, in this world. Literally a birth in a stinky manger. Literally stinky because there was animals around. This earth is filled with sin and he had to be born in it. And he lived in it to show us an example and show us that he is love and that he could cover up and get rid of our sins. And he had to die a stinky and a low death. The lowest at the time was death on the cross. For you and for me. And as they took his body down, they wrapped it up in grave clothes. And they placed his body in a manger. I mean, I'm sorry, they placed his body in the tomb. And it was inevitable that if a dead body is in a tomb, what's going to happen? It's going to start to decay and begin to stink. So Mary and Martha, early that Sunday morning, they prepared flowers, they prepared oil, and they made an ointment. Because usually it was custom to anoint the body with something smelling sweet because they knew the stench of sin was going to take place. But that morning they got there to the tomb, and the tomb was open. And the only thing that hit them in the face was not the stench of sin, but the sweet smell of victory. Because Jesus rose and he's alive. And he wants to rise and resurrect the dead things in your life. He wants to rise and resurrect your dead relationships, your dead worship, your dead stewardship, and your dead... Which one am I missing? Fellowship, worship, stewardship. He wants to revive and lift up and, and... Just resurrect all the different ships that you have in your life that are dead, that will decay, that will stink. Now Jesus came to this earth for you and for me. I'm going to be authentic, guys. My ships stink. And I'll never be stinkless. But I have a sweet Savior, and his name is Jesus. And he came to eliminate stinks. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that I didn't slip up and say the wrong word. Lord, we just thank you that, Lord, you don't want to just come into our ships and eliminate the order, the order. Lord, you want to be the captain of our ships. Lord, so let us today, let us allow you to be the captain and take reign, dear Lord, in our lives. Take reign in our worship, in our relationships, in our fellowships, dear Lord. Take hold of our ships and clean it up, Lord. Reveal to us what we're doing wrong that you need a change in us, dear Lord. 
Help us to get with people that are on the same boat that wants to defunct their ship. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness, Lord. And we love you. You're a sweet Savior, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.